Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. On February 15th, Port Hope Council will debate one of the largest land acquisitions in the recent history of Northumberland County. The town is looking to purchase more than 1,300 acres for around $20 million. The land is currently owned by Ontario Power Generation in Wesleyville. Just about half the land is environmentally sensitive, while the remainder can be developed for residential, commercial, and industrial uses. Mayor Bob Sanderson and town staff have toiled away on the deal for the past two years. Earlier this month, the deal was made public. If Council gives its blessing at its next meeting, the acquisition will be finalized on March 31st. The public has yet to have any input, and there are many questions. In this interview, Mayor Bob Sanderson walks through the process of getting this massive land deal in place. He will go over the background, and he will address questions about growth, the environment, and the financing. I'm so pleased to have with me today Port Hope Mayor Bob Sanderson. Welcome back to Consider This. Thank you, Robert. It's always a pleasure, and I know we have an interesting topic for today's discussion. I look forward to it. I want to start off with something very basic. In a couple of sentences, can you summarize what the Wesleyville OPG land deal is? Um, in the broadest sense, I, I think it's the biggest opportunity for the municipality of Port Hope you know, to move forward in a strategic way, you know, deciding its own destiny for development and, and quality of life. That would probably summarize it. Why are you working on this deal right now? I mean, this land has been there for a long time. There's been previous councils that have uh, shown interest, but why now to settle a deal? Well, um, it, it's an interesting question. First, it's not right now. But it is right now to uh, come to hopefully fruition. And I'd like to point out that it doesn't um, become you know, a, a deal or an agreed deal until council approves it next uh, council meeting. Until that point in time, it's still a, you know, a purchase agreement, you know, and Obviously, when it comes forward to the committee of the whole, that gives everybody a chance to to have a look and, and maybe weigh in. Our staff has been working on it, and I've been on it for about two years, right? And and why now? Because it's been languishing out there in the hands of OPG for an extended period of time. It's offered really no benefit to the municipality. By bringing it into the municipality, which is a very bold move, and very, I'm very thankful that staff and, and council has been supporting this, we become masters of our own destiny. As you know, Port Hope is a, a very small community. Uh, we, we're agriculture and we're, we're urban. We, we have high values in our heritage and our culture. And, and I've said all along, it's going to be hard to sustain that with the growth pressures and the economic 
requirements that we have. I see Wesleyville, you know, as and as we all know, the location is is perfect for so many things. It has access to the 401. It is on the rail lines. So I, I see that as the place where, you know, the investment and the economic growth is going to be focused, which again, Robert, puts revenues into the core and the rest of the municipality to kind of achieve goals we I don't think we could achieve economically without you know, significant uh, opportunities for new development and if, if I really had to describe the the vision that, that I've had for an extended period of time that we're working on is, is it could be potentially you know a full service community it could have residential it could have post-secondary you know opportunities it can have transit and hub it's maybe where the met, next metro links goes so if you can envision it from what I see, and hopefully that's maybe what occurs over a period of time, is that you, know, you have the heritage area of Port Hope. We have our agriculture and we have Wesleyville. The Wesleyville development is kind of where I think um, the revenues you know, will come and the development, if you create a community, can, can look at all the environmental problems, all the you know, net zero carbon, the design, when you have that opportunity, to, to move forward, I, I, it's hard to explain what I think can happen, but I really see that as the opportunity to preserve, you know, much of what we have value uh, in the urban area and our agriculture. We can't do without revenues, and I've seen so many small communities grow, become larger communities, and they they lose what they they had, and <laughs> I think you could go all over Ontario for that. This gives us an opportunity, I, I think, to achieve all that and, and still preserve the values that we have. I was looking at the presentation to Council, those slides, and this was made public. And it says that there are 1,334 acres under construction. It then goes on to say that there are 700 acres that are environmentally important, 600 acres that are for development, and 260 acres that are industrial. Now, I do the math on that, and I come up with about 1,560 acres, which is a lot more than 1,334. Can you explain the discrepancy there? Uh, because the 260 is included in the 600. So when you look at the 1334, about 53%, you know, is environmentally um, sensitive uh, lands right and you know we've had comments about well that's kind of useless to the municipality i have exactly the opposite approach i, I think there are uh, opportunities to have you know ecoculture uh, heritage uh, those lands I, I see as very valuable you know within the to have within the municipality the other 600 could be development but really this is the start of consultation with the public and, you know, planning and designing in the private sector, including probably OPG and the provincial government, etc. What is in that potential 600 is, is that land that's already been used and will continue to be used by OPG and other people who are renting uh, you know, properties in there and conducting business. So that, that's why it might appear like a discrepancy, but it's not. Now, let's go back to this environmentally important. Uh, what does that mean? Because you switched it with environmentally sensitive. And I, I think those are two separate things, aren't they? I mean, you're saying, are you saying that it's environmentally protected or that it, it, these lands are not available for development? Or are you saying that they're sensitive and that, you know, people could be applying and, and uh, um, going through a, an environmental assessment hearing or something like that? What, what does that really mean, environmentally important? 
Okay, I think um, to cut to, to the definition, we consider the 53% that 700 acres protected. All right, and they're protected because they are sensitive, you know, and I think they need uh, stewardship. And I think uh, as well, uh, to give credit to OPG, they've been doing a fairly good job on looking at species counts and, you know, plants and what have you. So uh, I don't want any confusion about there their could be sensitive and they're going to be potentially developed because they're not. We, we look at that 53%, that 700 acres as protected property that does need stewardship. How much of the industrial land is under use and how much is open for development? Well, at this point in time, none of it is open for development, right? Because uh, that's going to be a process moving forward. There's uh, zoning requirements, all that um, sort of thing. It can potentially be there, but right now, the um, lease agreement we will continue to have with OPG to protect all those people who are using that, including OPG, you know, is that I think it's the 260 acres that we talked about that basically is that that basically is not an area where uh, we're going to be interfering with or changing they they need to have that over a period of time i think it's a seven year with a five year uh, clause in there so everybody who has a business in there now is is going to continue under the same terms and conditions they have for those who may not be familiar with that area there is uh, an old generation plant that's there What's the future of that old generation plant? I mean, that's the, the the stack that many of us see when we're we're looking down in that area. Uh, what what is being planned for that? Um, absolutely nothing at this point in time, and I, I say that a little bit with tongue in cheek because the determination of that entire area needs a lot of input, right? And and public engagement in this is probably one of the most important things we're going to be undertaking. Uh, so I I really you know think we need to balance a economic uh, and business and development plan, you know, with public input, with the private sector, even with OPG and the provincial government, we're also got to include things like the county. So it's fairly complex. I, I think all the focus right now has been and, and needs to have been is getting the due diligence to be sure that we can bring forward to council a, a purchase agreement. Right? That purchase agreement has been approved at this point. Uh, at the Committee of the Whole. When it really becomes effective is that the next uh, council meeting, if the approval moves forward, then uh, the municipality will take possession of that land and those properties on March 31st. And not to say a lot of (laughs) things won't be happening in the meantime, because then our focus and our resources can change from due diligence and looking to, okay, here's what we want to do for the future. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the public agenda, because um, council, did council ever let residents know that this was even on the radar? I, I mean, how, not. so why why was that? Um, that is standard policy, as, as not just from a municipal perspective, private sector, I mean, yourself, myself included. If, if we're looking at the opportunity to purchase something, it, it's a private discussion, right, until that agreement is in place. Uh, otherwise, the price tends to go up. Other people go, oh, well, actually, I'd like to look at that. And then, the, you know, those kind of bidding wars uh, start to, to continue. So it not only is it standard practice, it's the proper practice that ensures and guarantees to the public or the purchaser that they're they're getting into an agreement you know, with a willing seller and a willing purchaser and that the price is appropriate. So- Price is very appropriate given that we had at least three appraisals uh, from different perspectives. 
So how did this become part of a strategic plan then? And where does this fit into the strategic planning documents? Well, it's, it's the other way around. I think we have the strategic plan, which I think can be achieved much uh, better with the resources that are, say, Wesleyville moving forward. As, as you know, our our infilling is, is tight. We we don't have a lot of development. We're, we're short on business opportunities, and, and our business park is, is full. So if I can reverse that a little bit, Robert, I think we have a strategic goals that it's outlined in our strategic plan. And now we find ways to achieve that. So in, as an individual item, it's not in a strategic plan, but the elements of our strategic plan are, I, I think, well achieved and potentially much better with this sort of an acquisition. And as I said, it, it's a very, it's, it's very important. It's very big. Uh, for a small municipality, it's it's a fairly, um, I I think bold, I suppose, you know, but very uh, progressive, you know. Uh, I think council um, has seen the opportunity and understands the opportunity. I I can't explain more. It really does achieve so many things. That's from your perspective, but if, from a public's perspective, maybe you can help them understand. Uh, where do they get to to sort of say, is this a good deal for us as the as the public? I mean, you know, it's great that you have the vision. Maybe, you know, your council members, they may share your vision. And, and that's fantastic. But where in this process? I mean, I understand from, you know, from the Municipal Act and from legal for legal reasons and for competitive reasons, you couldn't make it public. But then where does the debate come where people say, well, yeah, we think this is great, uh, your worship, or they get to say, no, no. Oh, this is really a bad idea. Well, they don't get to say that with the purchase. Where that always in is so how how can you make this purchase you know appropriate for the municipality? Uh, and two parts of that, uh, in my opinion, generally one there has to be a business case right? because for the first five years we're, we're probably going to make a little bit on it when all that process uh, you know c- continues through. But when the end result is there, it's got to return investment to the taxpayer. Right, so there has to be a complete business plan that focuses almost primarily, you know, on the economic requirements. And it's not a break-even. It's got to, in my opinion, be uh, uh, providing revenues so you can use those revenues to you know, support the entire community. Where it comes to how that is generated and what should be out there, as an example, should there be residential? Should there be commercial? You know, should there be you know, logistics, storage, how does all that stuff work? That's where we need the public engaged. But also we need a lot of other expertise around that. So I don't know if that explains exactly. Well, let, let me just go back for a second, because all of this is contingent on the deal being made. I mean, in June 2021, you gave the direction to execute a conditional agreement of purchase. But there is no public that's saying, well, you know, yes, we're on board with this. It's it, Again, it seems like you're making a lot of decisions, council's making a lot of decisions, and then once all the decisions are made, the deal's done, okay, public, okay, taxpayer, come on, come and we'll, we'll hear what you've got to say now. Yeah, it's an interesting way you present that, Robert, because I, I don't think I'm in, you know, total agreement with it. Okay. What um, I see, anyway... I think see a municipal government or the provincial government or the federal government, they're elected officials, right? And they're elected to make these kinds of decisions. And if they don't make these decisions, there are no decisions made because the, the public will, you know, 17,000 people might have different opinions and, and then you never get something done. So 
there's a lot of things where I think the decision is made, you know, our strategic plan. It came from the public. We had a lot of public engagement. When we move forward, you know, whether, you know, public works wants to do this or to do that, maybe Rose Glen Road's a good example because on Victoria Street, that's where it was proposed the priority be for, um, you know, some infrastructure investment. And council decided differently with engaged public. People were coming forward and saying, ah, we're really concerned about Roseland. So council makes the decision. That's what they're elected to do. You know, and they're not always easy, by the way. But I, I do, you know, um, support that you can't go to the public on a purchase like this and, and check everybody's balance. It's got to be very much put in the hands of staff, right, who, who have to justify and do due diligence to come back. So we council can have the idea, I can have the idea and push it forward, as you say. But in the end, council needs to make a decision on behalf of the public. If council aren't making good decisions, other people will be elected and, and make different decisions. But that is the role of council. And, and truly, I, I strongly feel that council's decision can't be a personal one. It has to be in the interest of the you know, population, the residents, in, in the interest of what the goals are. And, and this is a generational purchase. This isn't for five years. This is for like 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, from now and that's the vision that i think we need to develop well speaking of visions can we go back for a moment can you tell us how this all began for you i mean it says in the presentation you that you see potential significant benefits for the community now did you wake up in the middle of the night with this vision or or did someone talk to you or did you talk to some people how did it come about well when you live in a in a community for a long time and you see that property, I mean, I can tell you back in the 70s when that was being built, it wasn't the most popular thing either. And and when um, Chemical went through their um, renovations and they became and started producing UF6, there was moves and just talks about moving them out there and that would have been good. So this isn't sudden for me. I, I've had this on uh, awareness of that property and OPG and Cameco and Ontario Hydro having all this land out there and not doing much with it. So the real impetus uh, came with the change in the in the provincial government. Right? So the, the provincial government uh, being different and, and perhaps uh, also uh, talking to uh, David Puccini, you know, seemed to be more open for that discussion than, you know, previously. So that that's where it, it started to go. I actually contacted the Premier's office. I contacted David Puccini. What is the potential here to maybe bring this into you know municipal stewardship and opportunity? And that's kind of how it started. So it wasn't like wake up in the middle of the night. It's probably a long time going, oh, God, I wish something could happen out in Wesleyville. It's got the infrastructure. I mean, the, it just has so much potential it's not being realized and obviously I think you know very strongly that municipalities need to be masters of their destiny you know and we have very good I mean Port Hope is Port Hope is Port Hope I mean it's part of my election and stuff. It, it's hard to explain but we are unique we are a very you know I think balanced uh, municipality and and so back to your point it's not waking up in the middle of the night saying, oh, well, let's go see what happens here. It's, it's been a long process of looking at something that 
could be. I mean, I could tell you the same thing about the file factory and, and other things that unfortunately, you know, sit there and they don't suddenly become an opportunity. They've always been an opportunity and that opportunity can hopefully come to fruition. How much land does Port Hope have for development? You alluded to this earlier, but just exactly how much, I, I mean, are you at your limit or do you have, how much do you have left? We're, we're close to our limit. We don't, we don't have, um, our business park, which was empty when we started, is, is now full. And, and there might be little small areas where, you know, there can be development, but it's all in the private sector. So we don't have a lot. Um, if you look at what the county is talking about in the official planning process, you know, Port Hope is, uh, you know, kind of centered out as, as having some deficiencies in some areas where we need to, you know, kind of shore up. And that's even from a you know, housing uh, perspective. We, along with every other municipality in the county, is struggling, you know, strategically to have enough housing even for the uh, people who are going to come here and, and be working. So it's kind of kind of linked. But we're, we're pretty much at our limit. We're working at trying to expand that now. I don't know how you know, quickly that uh, can happen. In our area where we have the current business park uh, area, we're we're trying to expand that uh, as as well. But we're we're pushed, and the, even working with uh, the county coming with opportunities, they're they're somewhat limited. There's a lot of public consultation that has to go on, but one of the arguments given in support of this purchase is to increase housing options, including particularly affordable housing. Now, there's also talk of commercial and retail in the presentation. Um, so is the development of these lands going to shift or have the potential to shift the focus of Port Hope as a town. Now, what I mean by that is right now, Walton Street, and the downtown core are the heart of the town. But a development of this size and the scale of these elements moving forward could move that focus away from the downtown towards Wesleyville. So do you end up creating two versions of Port Hope, creating a downtown and the old historic town, and then this shiny new development at Wesleyville? So how do you, when you're seeing that vision and saying this is a good thing, and you talk a little bit about it in the, in the presentation, how do you keep those things integrated? Well, I think that's to be determined, but I think you've got the, the right concept <clears throat> from my perspective. So the um, current municipality, you know, has as its urban core, you know, kind of a small uh, heritage uh, downtown. And yes, a development out there, you know, could be, you know, completely different, could be modern, uh, complete. There could be 10,000 people out there or 15,000 people out there eventually. That, uh, I think, protects the urban core and our agricultural uh, opportunities because those people and the, the pressure that's coming towards Port Hope has to be fitted in somewhere, you know, over time. And the pressure on the core area and our heritage is starting to be, and there's an infill requirement from the provincial government, all of a sudden now, you know, you're, you're going to have um, like businesses and, and perhaps residences and other, you know, pushed right in, you know, to, to the area that uh, may, maybe that's not like the best outcome for that. So you're correct. Um, it could turn out. And, and if, if I thought the direction I would like to see it go, you know, that's probably more in the direction where you could build a sustainable community that is still within the municipality portal. And maybe you look at it like a, a larger hamlet, you know, a garden hill or a welcome, but scope totally, totally different. 
but the resources that are out in, in Westville, I think when they're developed, actually protect and, and give credence and, and value uh, and economic you know, opportunities to what we currently have, which I think are under threat if we don't. One of the other aspects in the presentation was cultural protection as one of the key goals. Can you describe the historic aspect of this area for people who may not know it and why it is important to protect those areas? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, as well, you have to, or you probably do anyway, but people realize that this is, is in the area of the Williams Trees, which is recently being reviewed by the uh, government and what have you, and it's in the territory of the Mississaugas. We've had uh, preliminary conversations with, with First Nations, and, and they're going to be very interested in, in the stewardship of that uh, property as well. It, it's very historic. Um, I mean, it, the Mississauga Nation, our, I guess, Lakeshore Road, when we dealt with that, uh, and, and even Port Hope itself, the Ganaraska River, all the rivers and, and sort of lakefront lands, you know, are very important to our First Nations. You know, so I, I certainly am not sure I'm answering your question, but they are already uh, with, in discussions with us, and we will be working with them, same as with the public and the private sector, to um, stewardship these lands, but to develop them, and particularly when you look at, you've got four kilometers of lakeshore. We have a, a water lot going out into the lake, which was going to be uh, water intake. When you talk about the big stack, that that has never been used. So it's also been looked at very carefully. It's, it's in great shape. What are we going to use it for? <laughs> as long as nothing comes out of it, as <laughs> an incinerator or something like that, then, then I, I, I think that'll be up to the public to say, what will we do with it? What do you want with it? It's, it's really quite an exciting time, I think, for the public to get engaged and I uh, I know there's going to be people who are going to have angst about it, maybe not agree with it. It's Port Hope that that's pretty standard, but I'm hoping that council does approve the purchase at our next meeting and we can change our focus from okay getting the purchase done to now what's next and we, we have sufficient time to do that. We have um, the ability I, I think to work you know towards some of those those goals but first we need to identify them. I'm also aware, too, though, that historically there was a hamlet there and that there's a church and a school as well there and some other buildings. Is it, What about that cultural aspect? Yeah, that's a really good point to, to bring up. That's the Westville um, village, right? And as you know, we have a, a Westville group uh, who's very supportive of that. And the church is still privately owned. I think that's the only one piece that, that is privately owned. And that group also, as you know, they had suffered a, a fire there um, and, and it has some damage and, and they're going to get that uh, repaired. The, the, the lovely thing about this is that that group is very much supportive and engaged that the municipality um, undertakes stewardship for that. So we've had discussions with, with that group and those discussions, along with other sort of interested parties, uh, the feedback has all been very positive. The presentation addresses the long-term health of the community. Now, this development will create assessment, which the municipality needs to keep taxes down. But it also creates demand for more services like road maintenance, water, water filtration, sewage treatment, plus all the recreational needs, the social impacts, policing, and so on. How do you convince taxpayers this is not going to place pressure on existing residents to pay more taxes in the end? Well, you know, I, I, again, I, 
if, if you look at growth, growth has to sustain growth. So um, from that perspective, it's not hooking in. That area would not be hooking in directly to these municipal services here. They'd have to be developed on site. Some are you know, already there to, to some degree, but it has to be you know, the business plan that says, to your point, this cannot cost taxpayers money. This needs to, you know, contribute not just to in dollars, but to, to the quality of life. Those 700 acres being, you know, on Lake Ontario, four kilometers. Th- those are such important things for you know, the next generations to know that they're protected and looked after. And when it comes to taxes, it's not just about lowering taxes. I mean, it's it's trying to deliver value, but you can't undertake you know all that development or doing all that out there without that business plan that says it is not going to cost the taxpayers money it's designed to make the taxpayers money how much will each taxpayer pay extra to cover this cost no that that's not being uh, evaluated and first off um, it, the first five years we're actually making money so it, it's not a, a cost perspective where I think the you know cost comes into the taxpayer is when we get past that five years, you know, and there's a you know payment of interest and principal you know, that goes to be back, you know, kind of like a debenture, then then that's where you know the, all those processes over those periods of time have to make sure again that if you're if you're paying say one and a half million, you're getting back you know two or three million dollars, you know, as as well. So. I understand what you're saying, but it, the, a lot of this discussion is, well, what if, what if, and how do you? And, and that is our next um, you know, process uh, to, to move forward, is to make sure all the things that you're saying that could be of concern and are of concern you know, are addressed in, in the planning process. Have you been approached at all by developers uh, in the past or even since this announcement? Uh, Are you aware of anyone that's interested in developing these lands or has anyone indicated a prior uh, interest in development? I think over time, you know, people have looked at it. I think they've even talked to OPG. What I I think is of interest, and that's a, a leading type area, we've had people come towards Northumberland with large opportunities, and they're not attainable because the facilities or the opportunities is not big enough. And and that's a county problem. It's also a municipal uh, problem. So we, we can absorb, you know, small businesses, but I think trying to, um, you know, have, have a bigger opportunity, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be available throughout Northumberland or, or counties. And it's a little bit of a, I think, a discussion point, certainly from a county perspective. And when we deal with the official planning process, this is also going to be uh, now taken into account if it gets approved because the opportunities that are coming forward, both from the county and the other you know, jurisdictions, are different. You know, So this wasn't something that sort of is in our official plan. Now, you've mentioned timelines several times through our conversation, and uh, your goal is to, by March 31st, uh, have this all wrapped up. You've also talked about purchase. Yes, the, the purchase, the purchase wrapped up. <clears throat> yeah, Sorry. so the approval of the purchase. So we've got the agreement uh, forward that's been approved by a council. Next is, okay, do you want to execute that agreement? And that agreement then would mean that the municipality would virtually own that as of March 31st. Okay, so and then the public consultations are scheduled to start in 2023. 
And that's when the public will start to engage with the council and, and with planners and, and, and move forward. Am I understanding that correctly? Um, you know, officially, yes, but I don't think that it's going to be that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like we're already getting people with uh, input. I mean, you and I are having this discussion, you know, and a lot of this discussion is, well, what if, what if, and, and what is the, you know, opportunities? That will probably start right away. What I do think is we need to put that consultation process and planning so we know what that looks like so we not just get it randomly we should know what the outcome is uh, relative to you know the concerns from a business perspective and financial perspective i think that will take some time and then i i think once that structure and understanding is in place then we know how to do a public consultation because i, I think it has to be a, a proper process i also you know think that there's going to be um Vested interest groups. There's going to be the private sector. I think the provincial government's going to be very interested as to what a municipality does here. We're going to be uh, looking, you know, for assistance in, in many places. The county has to, to be involved. So, I, I, not to confuse it a little bit, I think 2023 is is when we'll be structured to get the appropriate type of consultation in the moving forward. But we're going to have lots of it in the next, uh, well, all this year, I think. Any final comments you want to make to Port Hope residents? <laughs> well, that, 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 that's a tough one because I'm very excited about this. And I'm really asking for engagement uh, so that, you know, as we go through this purchase, that as we move forward, you know, I'm looking to really um, have an engaged um, group of residents, all residents, who will continue to give input. So I think the bottom line is I'm hoping you come out and rally around this and clearly identify not just your concerns, but understand the opportunities. The purchase is just really the start. We've talked about when did it start and all that kind of thing. It, It starts when you make the agreement and council supported that agreement. And as you know, it's it's going to be very much falling into the next council's uh, purview, you know, over the, the period of time that, that we, we will own it. So it's hard to summarize. I, you know, it's, it, it's such an important thing for the municipality. And I said, I think it's so generational and long-term that, you know, I, I'm hoping people understand that this is not just about right now, it's about uh, what's next. Mayor Sanderson, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's always a pleasure. That was Port Hope Mayor Bob Sanderson talking about the Wesleyville land purchase. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments, 
or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.